Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by our proud title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, the next generation of off-ice hockey training for players and goalies. Look, we know how much you invest in your children's hockey development, the early mornings, the travel, and let's not forget the expenses of training for hockey camps, private ice time, the general expenses of the season. It's a lot. But wouldn't it be great to bring that on-ice practice experience home that's fun, fits into your schedule, and that's affordable? If you said yes, which I'm sure you did, you've got to check out NHL Sense Arena. It's a top-tier virtual reality training game that brings the on-ice practice experience home so you can practice anytime and anywhere, literally. You can transform any part of your home into a virtual ice rink where you're getting unlimited access to over 100 drills, training plans from top coaches and players, weekly drill challenges, and more that focus on improving hockey sense and physical cognitive skills, starting at just $33 per month. That is a lot cheaper than an hour of ice time. The physical side of hockey gets a lot of attention, but we don't focus enough on the mental side of it. It's something we talk about on this show all the time. NHL Sense Arena provides an immersive solution for players to sharpen those skills when ice time is limited or not affordable and they want to get those extra reps in. So for our listeners, NHL Sense Arena is offering an exclusive $50 off their annual plan all you got to do is head over to their website, hockey.sensorina.com. Again, hockey.sensorina.com and use our code hockey never stops and you'll level up your off-ice training by using NHL Sensorina. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us and NHL Sensorina. Enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world. Welcome to another action-packed edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. That's Christy Casciano Burns. That's also Mike Benelli. I am Lee Elias. Today, our topic is a good one. This is like one of those evergreen topics. You can watch this show whenever you want, before the season, in the season, after the season. It works no matter what point of the season you're in. We're talking about the keys to captaincy. Now, this is one of those topics that I think a lot of people go, I, okay, well, I know everything there is to know about captaincy. It's easy. This is such a huge topic. It really is something to break down. We're definitely going to talk about things today that I guarantee you've never thought about when it comes to captaincy on both sides of the aisle, whether you're a coach, a player, the captain yourself, a parent, or just a player on the team. This is a great topic to learn a lot about leadership. And I'm really excited to talk to, to you guys about this today with my two friends here. We're going to dive right into it with really just the basic question. What is captaincy, right? Now, aside the obvious of just the player wearing the C that's the leader of the team, captaincy breaks down into something a bit more than that, all right? Captaincy is a role. Captaincy is a responsibility. And the way I like to break this down is the responsibilities throughout the team. And this is where it gets complicated right away, right? There's a role from the coach to the captain, the captain to the coach, the captain to the players, and the players to the captain. And they all work in this big circle I call the circle of trust. To give a player the C or for a player to wear the C is a direct connection from that player to the coach to communicate. It's also a connection from the player to communicate with his team up and down. So when players have something, they can only tell the captain. The captain can then tell the coach, keeping in mind that it should be kept uh, secret if it needs to be. Right. Well, I, I always said this. I don't like rats on teams. I always said that. Never do a rat. The only rat in the hockey is Brad Marchand, and he gets a free pass because he's totally marked that to the best place he could possibly do it. It's a connection point. All right. It's an ability to communicate. And if that does not exist with your captain, it can become a problem. So this is where I'm going to bring in my two, not guests, my friends. Again, Christy Casciano, Burns, wave. There you go. 
and Mike Benelli once again. We're going to talk about this at every level, um, and we're going to talk about how it coincides with making this role something that's really important for your team. Now, Mike, I'm going to start with you on this because one of the funny things about captaincy is we do have to break this down by ages. So the way we're going to do this is kind of using the traditional terms. We're going to look at it from like an Adam to squirt type age group, then a peewee to junior type age group. So that kind of brings you from six years old till about eight or nine years old, and then 10 years old kind of through high school, right? And Mike, to start with Adam and squirts, I always think captaincy is kind of a weird thing. I personally don't think unless, unless it's very obvious that there's a leader on the team that the captaincy should even be considered at this okay. age. You agree with that? Yeah. I mean, so basically, uh, you know, I think if you can lay out to your t- kids and your parents, because at that age, that's, it's all about, you know, how the parents are perceiving what your thoughts are. Right. Right. You got to just outline what those qualities of a leader are for the players. And I think, you know, instead of naming a captain, maybe at that age, uh, the kids are going to figure out who those kids are that exhibit those qualities. Right. Um, you know, and I think we, it's our job, I think as coaches and, and parents to, you know, let those kids understand that these are the qualities that we're looking for and let that come out in a player. Cause sometimes you're not, you know, you could have a, a captain that doesn't exhibit all those qualities, but a lot of kids pick kids because they're the best kid, right? right. They go, Oh, that's the best kid on the team. He must be the captain. And I think that's, I think that's at the younger levels, you know, identify what are the qualities and then bring those out in as many kids as you can in that, right. in that age group. Right. Cause at, at that age, it's all about development. And this is part of the development of every kid on the ice, right. To learn how to become a leader. Christy, you know, from a parental point of view, I mean, you've been through this with two kids, right. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the things you've noticed about captains, really those younger ages, if, if there is, if, if there even is a captain at all. Right. And I liked one year, um, our sport hockey coach, and this was combination girls and boys on a team. He waited for a month before he named the captain right. to see if those characteristics that y'all just talked about existed. And, and if he saw those elements, those personality traits, those leadership skills in the kid, in a month's time. So everybody, it was kind of cool because everybody wanted to be the captain. Right. So they were all on their best behavior. And it really, some kids really elevated themselves and showed some real leadership skills and got, got named captain and then assistant captain right. as well. We had right. another coach who would rotate them every week. Okay, right. today this game, you're going to be captain. Okay, next week. And everybody got to be a captain. That was kind of cool at the younger ages, just so that they kind of got a feel for that response, a little taste of the, that leadership. I didn't mind that when they were really young to, to rotate it. As you get older, I don't think the rotation is good. Yeah. I agree. In fact, you know, later in the show, and this is actually okay that you brought this up later in the show, we're going to talk about the different methods to choose a captain. But I think at the, the younger levels, I think that that is one we can mention right now that rotating the C is actually a really great thing to do in my opinion. And again, I, I will preface this, you know, the three of us may disagree on some of these methods, which is absolutely okay. Each coach, each team has to kind of find their own method. I've said this before. There's no right way to pick a captain. There are wrong ways to pick a captain, but um, at the younger ages that, that Adams to squirt level, I think unless a clear leader emerges, the rotating C is great because then it becomes a shared responsibility throughout the team. And then everyone can feel what it means to be the leader, but also how to be led. We talked about this. Great captains typically know how to be led, right? I used to tell my players, I'll probably repeat this a few times on the episode, that if you need that C, 
to be a leader, you probably shouldn't have the C, right? The best captains that I've ever uh, been on a team with didn't necessarily even want to be captain. I'd say half the times they didn't even want to be captain, right? They just became the best leader on the team, and that's why they earned it. We're going to get into that too. So again, Adam to squirt. I think we got to look at this like we break down everything else, right? Mike and Christy, which is at that levels, at those levels, it's all about developing skill sets, right? Well, leadership can be looked at as a skill set. So if we're teaching young people the fundamentals of leadership, right? It's not about the best player on the team. It's about what are the core values of a good leader? Trust, teamwork, looking out for your, your teammates, right? Being able to communicate very clearly. I've always said this, and this, this almost has nothing to do with hockey, but you know, if I was, if I, I'll use it as a hockey term. If I was the best tactician on the planet Earth, the best, and I was a really poor communicator, it's almost a wasted skill set because I can't communicate to the team how to do the tactics that I want them to do. So communication is a huge part of this, right? Now, again, Adam DeSquirt's a pretty easy one. Again, leaders do emerge at this level sometimes. Some, some young kids look at the world through a leadership lens. It's very easy to pick them out. Most of the players tend to look up to them and they typically earn the C on their own. Now, when you get past squirt, you know, you get to that peewee area. Now, peewee to junior is an interesting time. This is, again, this is like that 11-year-old to basically, we'll go up to 20 because of junior, but really 11 to 18, things really take a turn here because Captain C all of a sudden has a sparkle to it. It has a uh, an ability to make someone larger than life. It's a huge deal. Suddenly you're emulating the NHL, right? <laughs> so, so captaincy becomes a really important thing when you get to these uh, older levels. And I think this is where I want to transition into the ways to choose a captain. Okay. Because I think uh, there are some misconceptions about how to choose a captain. Now there's two parts to how to choose a captain. I'm going to first go over and we're going to discuss this. Some of the ways people decide to choose a captain and we can discuss whether we think that they're right or wrong. The first one is athletic skill. The best player on the team has to be the captain. Now, this is one that I don't agree with, but typically captains with skill do deserve it. But I never base my decision on a captain on, well, that's the best player on the team. Okay. Because in my opinion, and I want you two to sound off about this. In my opinion, the most valuable player on the team is not necessarily the most talented. For me, the most valuable player on the team is the one that works harder than everybody else, regardless of their talent level, because that sets the bar for everybody. There have been many players I've had that have gotten very little ice time, but they work harder than everybody else. I will typically give that person a letter. It might not be the C, but I will give them the letter because I want my team to know that's the standard I'm trying to meet. And to be honest with you, to be the player that doesn't play a lot, but works harder than everybody else, or at least sets the bar for the amount of hard work. That's a very hard leadership role to be in. It is painful at many times. I've been in that role. I've been on both sides of that role <laughs> where I'm a very talented player or maybe not the most talented player. So again, Christy, I'll turn to you with this one, because again, I, I know that your daughter was a captain, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so there's been leadership in your family. You're a leader in your community. You're a leader in, in the newsroom. There you go. There's a jersey with a C on it. For those of you watching the episode, there's a nice golden C on her Lakers jersey. It's actually a really nice jersey. <laughs> But Kristen, let me start oh, with you. Good. You know, is you know, is athletic skill a a a good factor to choose a captain? Not the only factor, but I do think it has to factor in. That's fair. Because you yeah. also have to have the kids respect you as well. Right. Um, and and set a good example. And, but if you're always working hard, I mean you're you're gonna get better anyway. But yeah, I think I do think that some athleticism has to right. come into play too. Right. 
Yeah. Well, it, it, that's also where leading by example comes in, right? So I've exactly. said this, that, that, that the player that doesn't play a lot, it's not that I don't want to give them the C, but the person right. on the ice has to represent the team quite a bit, right? Yeah. So Mike's throwing this over to you or saucer passing it over to you as I emulate Doc Emmerich, spiriting the puck <laughs> to you. Um, you know, athletic skill, how much does that play into your decision when a captain is chosen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it depends on the age, but I think as you get, as the kids get older, um, to Christy's point, they, they get a bit of respect from the coach and from, and from the uh, other players, but also because of your athletic skill and your, your role on the team. Right. Uh, you're just going to be m- more valuable to the coach. I mean, you can't be designated as a captain with a kid that, you know, by a kid that you might cut you know right in, in right right that's fair season. maybe he's the hardest working kid and he's the nicest kid and the best kid is doing all kinds of stuff for you um but you know maybe the players are going to be around uh you know for very long that's or, fair that's i've fair. seen that at the high school level where you got to be careful about picking kids because of their academics and you're like right. i'm going to lose this kid after first semester he's the right. greatest kid but he, I, I just can't keep him here so well, who do i yeah. give that seat to that i can keep around and i think there's another there's also there's a reason why a lot of goalies aren't captains, right? Is because, you know, all of a sudden a goalie has a bad stretch and that, that cap, that, that attitude of being a captain sways because right. of the kids playing time. And um, yeah. I, and their role of, you know, being able to go out and right. talk to the team. Right. But, but I think I, there's a lot, so many of those factors that come into play. Yeah. And I also think uh, to your point, like having that um, athletic skill is really important too because they're going to be out on the ice representing the team right. and there are I times agree. when they have to the team captains go and they they have to meet with the refs and discuss the call and and that kind of thing so i mean you have to have a kid who's out there a lot yeah and i'll say this to, to both of you you know hopefully and this is the ideal situation hopefully the player with the top athletic skill or a player with extreme athletic skill hopefully that skill was earned by working your butt off throughout the years Right. Right. Because like, that's look, what I'm saying. Right. And, and I think that's what we're all saying. Right. Because look, look, we've all run into players that are just gifted, but maybe don't have that uh, leadership ability, meaning that they're just gifted with a skill set, but they, they, they were gifted with it literally. Right. I mean, I, there's a difference between a kid who had to earn it and a kid who's gifted with it. Now, neither one of them is wrong or anything like that. I'm not going there with it. But you really have to check and make sure that kid's a leader. Now, Mike, you brought up a great point, And you guys know I love to tell stories on this podcast. Um, you know, when I was in college, my second year, we had a player that was a gifted hockey player, gifted. His talent was undeniable, but uh, horrible in the classroom, horrible influence. And I remember this player was enabled by our coaching staff because of his skill set. And it really started to d- deteriorate our team because this player had, if you can believe this, a below 1.0 GPA, which you really got to try if anybody knows how this works in college, you really got to try and get below a 1.0. Okay. That's, that's not something that's easy to do. Um, and as the season went on the first half of the season, it was pretty obvious. This, this uh, player was going to flunk out of school by the halfway point. And at that time you could continue to play uh, with a horrible GPA until the halfway through the season point. That's just the way the rules were set up. It's not like that anymore. Right. But this kid kept getting enabled and enabled and enabled, and he got more and more ice time. And we had a lot of players on the team that were scholars and working our butts off and we were losing ice time to this kid and it, and it destroyed the team. Right. So yes, he scored a lot of goals and yes, he was a great hockey player, but it, it wasn't worth enabling him because it destroyed the team. So that was, that was a poor example of enabling someone with athletic skill who was not a good leader. 
And I'm just, I'm just displaying that. Cause again, I don't want anyone to think that I'm, I'm saying here that athletic school is not a major factor. It really is. As Christie said, this person has to represent your team on the ice. Hopefully they're out there and they're star. <laughs> okay. But well, the other, yeah. it's the other way too, Lee. It's like right. the, the kid that, that, that want, like when, when you get on a team where the kids want that kid. Right. And they say, no, no, we need him. We need him to win. I go, no, no, no. But, but, but and he's doing everything wrong. So you were the right. coach. It's like, how are you like, I don't even want this kid as the captain, but right. all you guys want him because he's scoring, you know, you're going to win games. And I think that all comes down to how are you communicating? Right. What well, is how you what define winning? What, what's the expectation you have? If you're right. in a college program, you're in a, a club team, a division three team, a, a team that's not, you know, that your, that your goal is not to go play, you know, it, it, pro hockey. Sometimes you got to look at what's the, what's the bigger message that we're sending as right. educators. And I think that, that's a hard juggling match when you say, well, if I strip this kid of his captaincy, we're not winning because <laughs> we just don't have the talent. But right. all right. my, in my eyes, I'm like, but we're all losing because we're, we're allowing this to right. go on and on and on. And, and, and it's really hard to go back right. once you establish that type of culture. Well, and again, look, this show is all about youth hockey, right? And again, we've said this many times when you get to the pro levels, uh, even the collegiate levels in some levels, um, the conversation shifts slightly, but when you get to the youth level, this is all about developing good human pe- beings, good human people, right? Good human beings, good people, yeah. right? Like, like that's the goal. Okay. And, and again, I understand the big game. I understand that. Like I've played <laughs> my whole life. I, I don't want anybody listening to think I don't want to win. Right? Winning is very important to me. And I hate losing, but I also see the bigger picture that Mike's talking about. Am I, am I creating productive people for the planet, which we desperately need right now? All right. You know, and, and look, just to let you know that, that this does go to the pro level, right? We're recording this on what? January 11th, 2021. Uh, a prominent NFL quarterback was just dropped by his team who was a captain due to his conduct off the field. And the head coach of this team, who's trying to build a new culture in this city, dropped him. They didn't trade him. They dropped him off the team. And this was a first round draft pick because he was not conducive to the culture that they were trying to create in this city. That tells you everything you need to know that even at the pro level, there is some uh, responsibility to understand that wearing that seat comes with a lot of responsibility. This player did not exhibit that and they were dropped from the team right now. I'm sure that player will play again and hopefully they learn their lesson. Right. But for a head coach to drop a player off the team that was a captain and a prominent player on the team says a lot to me. It shows you that this isn't just at the youth level. Uh, You know, we had JB Spizo on the show the other week. And it, it, it's funny because a lot of things people, I think, think about pro sports are not always the same thing. You know, the glorified captain, right? It, it's not always that simple. The best captains try and become better leaders, right? And, and we've had leaders at the pro ranks that were not great leaders and they fall off. So anyway, let's keep going here. Um, again, ways to choose a captain. I'm going to kind of breeze through these three, but athletic skill is one of them. Another one is popularity. Another one is seniority. Another one is necessity. Right. So when I talk about popularity, this is usually the wrong way to pick a captain, which is typically just letting the players pick the most popular player in the room. Again, if that person's responsible enough and they deserve it, which happens, it's fine. But I wouldn't believe that to be the only reason. And then seniority typically comes into the high school teams. Uh, Mike, you alluded to this before where, you know, you've had a player that's been there for four years and you pick a freshman as captain. This is one of those that like you got to go team by team by team to really, to really pick this one as a, as a method. I do think seniority plays into the decision if the elder player is in a good position to lead. And hopefully, if you've done this right, 
you've created this culture of accountability on your team where players are nurtured into that role as they get older. Right. So right. Like, you want, you want a bit more maturity too, right. especially when you're talking about the high school level right. um, and familiarity with how right. the game works and the season goes right. uh, so they can help lead the team through the ups and the downs. Cause chances are they've already been through that. Right. Which is very valuable for the younger ones. And naming a freshman as a captain, I agree with you, Mike. It's uh, it's not a good practice just because you're not going to have the respect. Right. And they're not seasoned. You know, they don't have the maturity or the experiences to lead a team. How about this, Christy? I, I, I agree with you 100%. I would say this, that it's possible for an underclassman to be captain, but it is extremely rare. It's extremely rare. And when it happens, you just kind of know because the seniors will tell you the seniors of the upper class will tell you that kid needs to be captain. All right. Uh, the only other time too, and, and I, I have to say this, the only other time that there's an exception to that rule is if you don't have a lot of upperclassmen on the team where I have seen teams that are heavily sophomores and freshmen, uh, but that's a, that's a different situation. Mike, let's uh, let's backhand a pass to you on this one. Um, you know, with, with seniority on as a, as a leadership tactic. Yeah, so it's also depending on the culture that you're creating in your team. I mean, if right. you have a, a really bad locker room, if you have seniors that you're not going to mind. That's a great point. Listen, I'm changing the culture. This is, this is what I want to emulate. What you guys have done, and especially a new coach. You come in, you have this, this uh, like, you know, I've seen captains in all, in, at every level, but especially the high school and prep school level. We're like, this is the way we do things. You know, you've got to earn your right. You've got to be hazed, you know, and, and, and everybody's like, well, I don't, really like that like I don't even think that this should be part of the culture that we have and I think that you know that 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 I love that feeling that when you make the team and, and JB alluded to this too you're on the team right you're, you're, whether you're a freshman or a senior you made the team I'm the coach I put you on the team you're on the team we're all equal now are we equal in what we do with the team not necessarily but sometimes you have to look at those upperclassmen and say you know what I really don't I don't trust in how they're going to help me and I'll never be able to change the right. way our team reacts and acts. And to your point now, if you have 18 seniors, it's going to be a little harder. If right. you have two seniors right. and maybe two, two juniors, and all of a sudden you got this sophomore and freshman that are leading the way, you've got to find a way to, to, to help them nurture their ability. And maybe that's when you turn back and say, well, there's no captains this year, right? We're going to allow, we're going to allow everybody to lead. And I think then, you know, as you go on, you're going to see maybe, in an, especially in a new team, can, now can I trust these players? And towards the end of the year, there's no, there's no rule that says you can't name a captain at the end of the year right. that says now they have a captain. Like, because, yeah. of, their, because of the way they led. And I think that's uh, – because that is a big deal. If you're in high school and you leave there as a captaincy, right. nobody's going to say you're the captain for a week. <laughs> they don't right. know if you're a captain for three years. It's just a big – I think it's a big deal for a lot of kids. And I think but you, you as an adult – and as a leader, need to nurture that. Yeah. Chris, did you got something? I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say, boy, you got to have some mental toughness there. Right. right. You, you, <laughs> Especially you know, if you're dealing with a bunch of sour seniors. Um, it, yeah. It I hope, yeah. You, you got to make sure that kid's mentally tough to handle that. Well, you got to well, know how to frame it, right? You have to be able to let, let that player know that I'm going to support you through this. I'm not just going to throw you to the wolves and say, okay, go in the locker room and lead. I know you're 14, right. but you got to tell a bunch of 18 year olds what to do. That's not really that to me. Again, that's, that's your responsibility as, as, as a leader as well to you make know, sure you're bringing that kid in this right situation. Look, I, I create cultures in locker rooms. That's, that's one of my main jobs. Right. And, and 
this is one of those things where it's like, let's just say you're going to make a sophomore captain. You know, it's possible, right? Or a junior. Maybe there's a junior and there's a lot of seniors. You know, one of the things you can do as a coach in that position is explain to the seniors why you're doing that and then have them even help to cultivate that culture for that captain. Because the truth is this, great captains are supported by their players and their coaches. You know, I alluded to this earlier. You know, whenever I'm on a team, I do a lot of meetings with my captains. And I mean that once a week, I'll have a captain's meeting with them so they can sound off to me the concerns of the players. Again, not not so much specific player names, but look, this is what we're hearing. You know, they're my pulse to the players, right? And then I also give them some insights like, here's what we're thinking as a coaching staff. What are your thoughts? I really enable that relationship. And I really cherish that relationship because it's a conduit, right? It's my ability to talk to the players through their leader. And to go back and forth. Now, listen, it's not a democracy. I mean, you've, we've all heard that growing up. It's not a democracy. Is the coach or the coaching staff, you have the final say. But if you're not taking a moment to, to at least listen, I think it's a missed opportunity in a lot of ways. Um, so if I was going to name a younger person captain, I'd want my seniors to understand why. I'd have a meeting with them, explain why. And they don't have to be happy about it, but I want them to know why. All right. And, you know, there's another great saying that I like to say that the, the captain of the team is always grooming the next captain. Right. You know, that, that's where A's are really important. You could be grooming another player. Um, you know, I'll tell you, again, love my stories here. When I was in when I was in college, uh, my freshman year, we won a championship. And a big part of it was because of our captain. And I'll never forget this. He was doing a media interview before a game. And uh, we had a playoff game and the interviewer asked him, fair question. You know, you're the captain of the team. How are you going to lead this team tonight? And he said something I'll never forget this because and this was like a life moment for me. He said, I know I wear the C, but honestly, to win this game, every player on the team needs to be a captain tonight. We all need to lead together. Man, that hit me really hard, right? Mm-hmm. For, for First off, for him to say that publicly on a camera, <laughs> you know, like he's challenging all of us in a good way, right? But he also said that this is a shared responsibility. I might have this letter on my chest, but it's a shared responsibility. Man, was that a consummate captain to me in that moment. I really understood what being a leader was. It wasn't about me as the captain it was about the team he got that this guy was also six five and gigantic so he's an imposing figure like is what you'd expect the captain to look like and here he is telling me as a freshman i need you to be a leader tonight right that was a great leader all right and then you know i remember um coaching college right this is a good story too because this is almost the opposite mike this alerts to you to your story when i took over a college team i was 22 years old it's the youngest college coach in history and gm i'm not patting myself on the back i'm just trying to give you some some uh, uh, context here. All right. And the team I was taking over had a five and 25 season the, the year before I got there. And my first order of business was I held a 6am practice. And I said, if you want to be here, be here. Right. And this is what's funny. Everybody showed up, but the three best players on the team. All right. Uh, and I kicked them off the team because they didn't show up. Now, to be fair, uh, they, these three players had about 90% of the points. They also were involved with, uh, I'll say, extracurricular activities that are not stuff you can be doing to be on a college team. And I kicked them off the team. And one of them, was, one of them had a letter. And I remember that the team thought I was crazy. And I said that, we're, as Mike said, we're creating a new culture, and that is not what I'm looking for, right? So a new leader will emerge. I'm expecting you all to be leaders. I echoed my captain until that happens. And sure, sure enough, I think a month or two in the season, it was very obvious who the captains were going to be. And we had a very nice ceremony to name them captain and the entire team bought in. It was, it was just complete team building bonding in that moment. 
and it was a great season. We went 25 and five and missed the national tournament by one game, right? In the playoffs. Culture is everything. All right. If you don't have a good culture, your team simply will not win. All right. It's, it's, I just, I've never seen it happen. I've never seen a team win where they had a, a horrible culture and a captain's a big part of that. Those are two that of could have gone the other way for you easily. Uh, in, in terms of kicking those kids off the team. Yeah. Here's the thing, Christy, I didn't care if we lost games because of it, because I knew we weren't going to win with it. So my attitude is again, they went five and 25 with these kids the year before. So my attitude is at that point is, you know, we're not winning with you. <laughs> All right. And you're, and, and again, you're enabling kids to, and I'll be, I'll be very upfront. You're enabling kids to do drugs, drink heavily, do bad in school. That's just not what I'm looking for as a coach. Now, I, I will tell you all this. I do not know how I had the clairvoyancy at 22 to, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I was just out of college myself, but I knew that that was not going to make us win. All right. And then uh, by the way, after that, after that 6am practice, my first practice on the ice, we want to talk about setting standards. My first practice was a 60 minute practice with no pucks. And I told the team, I want you to know what it means to skate for 60 minutes. Cause that's how long games are in college. Right. It was a hard practice, but they all did it right. That I was setting a brand new standard. We are no longer a losing culture, right? We might not win a lot this year, even though we did, we might not win a lot this year, but we're definitely not going to lose like that. Right. And it, I did not have one player on that team. that was a first team or second team all-star at the end of the year. We just collectively won. That right? took a lot of guts because, you know, I think back <laughs> to, you know, the high school years, right. you know, there are kids on their team who aren't, uh, who are doing drugs and, you know, not pay attention to school. You know, that exists. Yeah, and college. coaches tend to not address it. Right. They just look the other way because they don't want to get involved. They want everything to be copacetic. Right. Let's <laughs> not make any waves. Um, so it takes guts to do that. Yeah. And, and again, look, I, I can't reiterate this enough. We had to change the culture. I think the fact that I was so young, <laughs> I was probably more fearless at that age. Uh, but the, the, the funny thing is this, I would still do that today. I, I might, I might try and speak to those captains a bit more. Like I was very hammered down at that time and it worked. Yeah. All right. But again, even at that age, I mean, keep in mind, I was 22. Some of these kids are 20, 21. Some, some of the kids on the team, I, I, you know, I could have played with. So I think at that time I did the right thing. Right. I'm not saying there's other ways that it could have been handled, but yeah, like I said, shock the guts up on that one to be being really young and <laughs> fearless, <laughs> but you know um, yeah, look, look again, there's so many stories about this. I wanted to share that one because don't, the point is this, do not enable a player that's going to hurt your team culture. All right. We're going to get into it a little bit later about what happens if I, you have a great captain and they get in trouble a little later, but before we do that, you know, I want to talk about the actual methods for choosing a captain. Cause I think this is important. There's, there's typically three, right? There's the coach's choice. There's the player vote and then a rotating C. All right. We talked about the rotating C earlier. If a captain doesn't emerge, I love the rotating C because it gives everybody a little bit of a taste of leadership. You have a captain on the ice. Typically, uh, you will find a captain with that method. It's a great teaching tool, right? And you typically see this at the younger levels. And you'll see it in peewee sometimes, right? Or, or as we said, on, a, on a, a high school team where there's a lot of young players, that's another time period to rotate, right? Um, I'll tell you about this right now. You might disagree with me. I don't, I don't agree with the player vote. Um, I believe that the captaincy is some, something sacred. I believe that's a coach's right to pick a captain. That's one of those things that I kind of put my hand down on. It's, this is the coach's right. And because I've said to it, the, the, the captain's the conduit 
of communication. It's very important as a coach that you put the right person in that role uh, in terms of overall team culture, right? It doesn't mean that you can't pick a kid and then really work with them to become that player. I'm not saying that that's not possible, but that's why I don't like the player vote because then it typically becomes a popularity contest or skill contest. Uh, I'm not saying you won't get the right person into the role, but you run the risk of getting the wrong person in that role. And I, and I don't like that. Uh, Mike, I'll go to you first. And then uh, Christy, I will slap shot the puck over to you for your response. I'm really channeling the transitions today, but Mike, again, and we might disagree on this, Mike, what, what are your, what are your kind of ways of looking at that when you choose a captain within a team? Yeah. So I, I do, I do like to have the players input. I think if you sure. lay it out and the kit and the players know, right. I mean, one thing you want to be careful of is you don't want to say you're giving players input and then you pick your own captain because right. they all knew who they voted for. I mean, right. they were like, you vote, how do you, how do you not get in? So I think it's a matter of like, I've always, you know, depending on the team and depending on the numbers and depending on how everything lays out again, 18 seniors and, and two juniors and your best kid is your junior that, you know, maybe those seniors are going to outweigh the junior. So I've always had, you know, I've always tried to be pretty transparent with the, with the kids at the high school level, prep school level, college level that listen, you all get a say, right. I want to hear your feedback, but my vote counts like five votes and the assistant <laughs> counts like five votes. So if the, right. the coaching staff could almost outvote the team. Right. Um, Cause at the end of the day, as you're, as long as you're, transparency i need this player to work with me right i don't need you know i don't need uh you know the herb brooks uh you know i want you all against me you know right. I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna create a culture that you all hate me so much that you're gonna bind together right uh because it doesn't work like that that wouldn't work like yeah. for me yeah. it wouldn't work today unfortunately so either it's it harder to work today. but <laughs> i think i think but you know there but there are aspects of it that i like right so i think the players having an input i really do like um, cause I always, I always like to hear like, what is it that I don't know about these kids that, right. that this is so popular? Like, right. why is this kid being a, like, why are nine kids voting for this kid? I would never vote for this kid. And then based off of that, you could change culture. If they're to, to your point, Lee, if they're voting for that kid, cause he's out, you know, he's the beer run guy, you know, in college, <laughs> like, okay, well, this is, this is something we need to change internally. Right. And it's good for me to know this information. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I completely agree that the person that you put in those positions, the people need to be able to be with you and be on the same page as you. They can't fight against you. You right. need to be people that are that are an echo chamber to you. Right. As a coach. If they're fighting you, you might not have a job long, too. That's the, you could have a well, coup really you, quick. You think about, yeah. you know, that's the whole, you know, again, it right. all depends on where you're at. Right. But I think, right. I think eliminating and keeping the players out of the process at the older levels. Um, really sometimes could bite you only because, you know, they all know, right. They know, well, why, you know, we, we want to have a, a say in this, but be transparent about it. I think it's uh, and at the younger levels, I think it's, uh, you know, you, as long as you define why you're picking those kids, right. Then you can help, you know, make that, make that justification. Um, right. But I think at the younger levels, it probably becomes more and more popular. Like, Oh, this kid's the best kid on the team. He's the funniest kid in the locker room. Right. And, you know, I'm not, a, it, 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 it's a, it's a team by team kind of function, but overall, I, I like the fact that everybody's collaborating and your assistant coaches, you can't just say, Hey, guess, guess what? I just made Lee the captain. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. You, you feedback. You yeah. Like, you, know, you, you know, so, so just having that consistency and how you're going to approach 
you know, who you're going to put into leadership roles, you know, going back, you know, I just want to say something too, growing back to what you were saying earlier about the need to know these kids, you know, all the teams I've ever worked with in, at the high school, prep school and college level, I've always made it a point to have like a weekly breakfast with the captains, right? Brilliant. Um, the captains mentor, like always have a, a freshman and a sophomore representative there. Like say, we might have a captain's meeting for breakfast, but I'm like, Hey, listen guys, I want you to invite, I want you to invite one of the freshmen. I don't care who it is. Doesn't have to be the best kid, worst kid, geekiest kid, whatever it is, right. Invite them in. That's grooming. Here so that they can help us, you know, to your point, how are we creating culture? And, you know, if you have really good players at the younger level and then it'll respect the older level kids, that the culture could go the other way as well right. pretty quick. So, um, you know, so yeah, that is, that's a great formula to having that kind of input. I remember my daughter, when she uh, joined the high school team as a sophomore, they had two captains, both of them seniors, but such great leaders and they mentored Sophia and, you know, brought her just like you did brought her into those discussions. So she eventually became a captain, her, junior and senior year but she learned so much because they always invited her into the circle because you know they look for the kids with the potential leadership skills and so you you teach them young what it is to be a, a great leader and that year when they were her sophomore year they won the state championship um, and a lot of it had to do with the leadership by those captains as well right. as their talent Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny. I, I look back on my own experience here. You know, you learn from the good and the bad, right? I always say my coaching style was born from the good coaches I've had, but also the bad coaches because they taught me how not to coach. And I think captaincy runs the same way. You know, uh, when I was a, a Bantam, my first year of Bantam, um, I remember I joined a new team I'd never been on. It was one of my favorite years in hockey. Um, and I remember that um, I was awarded an A probably half past the halfway point of the season. I wasn't expecting it. And I remember that my coach told me, you know, you just work so hard and you, you just, you, you have the biggest heart on the team. And he says, that's why I'm giving you this. Cause I want the other players to see it. That was my first experience with the letter. So that set the standard pretty high. Right. So what's funny about this story, and this shows you how this can go both ways is that when I got to be uh, in high school, I believe it was my junior year. I was playing on a, another team and I had switched teams to go to this team. All right. And I wasn't awarded any letter and I, same player. I worked hard. It was no different. And I remember that I was very upset about it at the time. And I called the coach, which I, which to be fair to him, he was absolutely willing to take that call. He wasn't, he wasn't mad at me or anything like that. He understood why I wanted a letter. And he, he explained to me why he chose other people for the C's and the A. Now, uh, his reasons were seniority and and that these kids had been on the team and that he did say you do work very hard and it's appreciated, but this is the way he's going. And looking back on it now, I was disappointed, but I do appreciate looking back on it now that he had explained that to me. But it shows you that my standard for leadership was different from his standard for leadership. And that's okay. Like, like again, now that I'm older and I'm a coach myself, that's okay. Right? And the captains that we did have that year were good. But it, it just it shows you how important this can be in someone's life. Right. That, that, you know, I, I never took getting a letter for granted ever. I never did after that first time I got that. A. I understood the responsibility of it. Um, in fact, uh, again, when I was over, again, I'm telling a lot of stories today, but when I was overseas um, in England, I was uh, a coach and player for the Royal Air Force team. Right. 
Uh, and I was honored to, to play with these people that were serving in the Royal Air Force. And they awarded me with the C multiple times. And I took that. I mean, these are people that serve awarding me a C. I, I was a, a male military yeah. spouse, okay, which is, I always joke, the lowest rank in the military. All right. And here they are giving me a C. I took that super. I mean, I was honored. I was honored to take the seat. So the, the point of these stories is, you know, it's a, it's, it's an awarded and it's earned at the same time, right? It's something sacred that you really want to establish that with your team. Mike, to your point, have those conversations, sit the whole team down. Here's the qualities of a great leader, whether you're selected for it or not, because I want to teach you young people about leadership, about teamwork. All right. Parents that are listening to the show, I'm an employer. Right? I always look for people that have been on a sports team to work at my companies. Okay. doesn't mean I won't hire someone that doesn't, but I, I can tell you this right now, buy into the team culture that we've created at my companies, right? Athletes tend to have a better grip on that. They also can deal with adversity better. It's not a shot at kids who don't play sports. It's more of a boosting of kids that do. Christy, I'm sure your kids, as they entered the real world, were infinitely more prepared for adversity. And I was called the mid 20 shift when life just punches you right in the <laughs> face, right. Of just like, Hey, there's no grades anymore. <laughs> you know, you know, I bet you they were, they, they might've struggled, but I bet you they, they also succeeded because of their time on a sports team. Is that correct? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's so many qualities and that they've gained by playing sports that's transitioned so well in the work environment. Right. Yeah, I have a scenario for you, Mike. Let's say, I'm going to ask him because you've got kids who voted for someone who they think should be captain, and they are clearly the most talented kid on the team, you know, can lead you to victory, but they're a rotten kid. <laughs> Would you then veto that vote? Because that could cause a lot of dissension if all the kids want this kid on the team, because this player is the best popular because this player also you know is maybe fun someone who's yeah. fun yeah right. would you veto that vote or would you let the kids have their way yeah so i mean i've had this happen maybe more than once right it, it'd probably be for me it would be like a reclamation product process i would say listen let's come in the room you're clearly so popular the guys like you the girls like you whatever it is you're, you're, you could be a great asset for this team, but these are the kind of things that I need you to do for me in order for me to accept the fact that the team wants you. And more times than not, you're going to find young people will respond to that and understand now that the heightened responsibility that they now have within your world. And I think, you know, because I, I, you could have just as much and of an issue with the with these people that all voted for them, right? And then say, well, what do you mean? You're not. You're just going to discount who we like, if especially if you said, hey, whoever gets voted is going right. to get in. Right? You right. can't say that. So, so I think for me, it's just a matter of, all right, we we set the table. Let's have the conversation. Let's make sure the responsibility on this player is uh, it, the expectations are there. But I also would probably then slide in the player I need. To, to counteract that kid and have a backup so that when this kid blows up on me, right. Say that I have somebody to kind of fill that void. 
Mike, have that's you guys a great... ever stripped someone of the C? Have you ever stripped them? Well, I was, I was just going to say, Christy, that's a great transition to the next topic. <laughs> so, so the, the next topic is what happens when the captain gets in trouble, right? Yeah. So Christy, this speaks directly to what you're saying. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this first. Okay. A great way to avoid this, or at least to make it easier is to set the standard and set the rules at the beginning of the season. Um, I think it's one of the most important things that's, that's not done enough, set very clear roles for your players too, but for your captain of the, these are the standards to be a leader on this team. That way, if they do break a rule, you're in a much easier position to make a decision now. And Mike, I'll let you jump into this because Christy asked you, you know, the severity of what happens has a lot to do with whether a C is coming off or not. Right. Because there's a difference between oversleeping and missing a practice and going out and getting drunk with your friends and coming to practice drunk. There's a huge difference between those two. So, Mike, I'm going to throw that back to you. But, you know, and again, it's it's what happens if a, if a captain gets in trouble. And Christy's question is, have you ever stripped the seat? Yeah, I mean, I have. And I think I think it all and I but I also have learned as I you know, from, from being a, a head coach at a very young age, like I, you know, I was kind of similar to Lee. Like I was a coach of a, of a, of a college hockey program, you know, pretty much four years removed from college. Right. And now and I had players that were almost the same age as me. So it became very hard to, you know, you just have to think about how you're going to approach those, those pieces. And then, you know, stripping a captaincy of a kid is a big deal. Like is it stripping a captaincy and then removing the player from the team? Is right. it restricting the captaincy and then the kid's still on the team? You know, so there's a whole, like, you know, and, and I've had a couple of captains where they've gotten some major trouble, like like getting calls at four o'clock in the morning from the the, the, the campus police saying, I'm here with your captain <laughs> and seven of his teammates. And I'm almost like, okay, well, you're all together. So that's a, actually a really great thing, <laughs> you know, because you came right. in you weren't the problem. You're the one that came in there, like trying to help. These are college kids, you know, they're going to, they're going to be, you know, they're going to do stupid things every now and then. And, I, but I think it's, I, I have taken the captaincy away, um, but it, I think it really has depended on the situation. For but sure. I also have uh, over the course of my coaching career now, especially with any, really any player over the age of 12, I've tried to be much more uh, gray in my rules then steadfast rules that I know are probably going to get broken, then I'm going to have to react to them. Sure. Sometimes if I can keep it a little grayer, I can then, to, to Lee's point, I can say, okay, well, you were late for practice. There's consequences to that. Right. But if my rule was if you're late for practice, you're, you're, you're done as a captain, it's, hard, it's going to be hard for me, right? Because there's, there's circumstances and everything. But I think it all depends on the, the age and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, uh, and the severity of what it is. Uh, but certainly it's, it's a really, um, yeah, and, and if you want to send a message, listen, I've, I've taken captaincies away and the kids earned it back. Right. You know, so I was like, listen, if you, this is not the standard that we can have here. And all of a sudden the kids like wakes up and says, oh man, you know what? I, I didn't realize how, you know, uh, you know, you know, how I was really cannibalizing this group of, 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 of players. So it all, and again, I use always that kind of stuff as teaching moments and, um, because listen, I've made my share of mistakes as a player and a coach. And I'd hate me yeah. and my coach because, you know, I made a, a Yeah, it can be a real turning point for the kid. I mean, if the kid has good character and is passionate about the sport and the team, they're right. going to step up and do the right thing. 
And if or they're they not, or they they're going to quit the team. Right? Gonna, they, you won't see that kid again. I'm we're done. Talking about, you know? We're talking about I've character. I've seen that happen. Right? Yeah. We're talking about character in the face of adversity, you know, and like, again, keeping in mind the show is about youth players, right? <laughs> you know, uh, you might be teaching that player something that will stay with them for life in a good way should you have to take the C away? And Mike, I love that you're willing to reward it back because basically what you're saying is like, we have these standards, you have gone beneath them and you're going to have to prove to me that you can raise yourself back up to above the standard. And as we all just said, you either will or you won't. And if you will, it says a lot about you because that's really hard to re-earn a And if you want, if you want to, right. if it right. so much to you that you're going to fight for that. And right. even, even fighting for the, the respect back without even getting the C put on. Right. Just the fact that you're all of a sudden now going to be a leader and be like, listen, I don't have to have a C. I am the leader of this team. Well, you didn't act like it's Saturday morning at three o'clock in the right. morning. So, right. You know, what are you going to do now to help this team come back to, to what we need to do? And I think even at the younger levels, it's the same thing. You know, are you going to are you going to be the kid that oversleeps and is always late and doesn't you know respect the locker room or doesn't respect your, you know, your or doesn't, you know, especially at the younger levels too, the ability for kids to see other kids getting bullied or being degraded on or, 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 or being influenced in a negative way. Right. And you just not stepping up because like, I don't know, I'm not the captain. Like, why would I say anything? Well, that's a huge, there's a huge void there. We have to make sure we fill. Right. You know, I'll tell you about the complicated situation because again, Mike, you bring up the severity of an offense, right. And keeping some gray area. I remember uh, same team I was coaching. This is, this is a funny story, but um, it ended up working out. Again, I'm very strict with my standards. Um, and Christy, this kind of goes actually to a comment you made earlier. Um, I will, I will, I don't want to say I'll sacrifice winning, but I will put winning on the line if I feel like someone is threatening my team bond and my standards, my culture. All right. Cause the culture is more important to me than winning in the sense of I don't think I can win without it. That's my personal stance. And I remember that, and again, you want to talk about a unique situation. I remember one year, both of my captains who were over 21, okay. Um, were late to a practice because they were a little hungover from drinking the night before. Now, it was very much within their right to do that. They're over 21. They made a bad decision. You know, they probably drank a little too much. They did whatever they did. But technically, they didn't really do anything wrong outside being late to practice, right? So everybody kind of knew what happened. They knew they were hungover. All right. In that, in that scenario, going basis by basis, I, th I thought stripping the captaincy would be a little extreme. Right. Because again, technically they were just late to practice. So what I did was I benched them both for a period in our next game. Right. And I got the same, same message across. Wow. He's willing to bench our captains for that mistake. And what I remember is, and, it, and again, I didn't plan it this way, but what I remember is um, I benched them for a period. And when they, they were unleashed in the second period, they went out and scored a, an amazing amount of goals in a very big game. I remember one of their parents, I remember one of their parents coming up to me because that was a genius move, not playing him in the first. He had no idea. Genius move, not playing him. You, you hit them from the other yeah, team. I was so great. surprised that I was like, oh yeah, it was great. Right. But like, um, it was all of the plan. Right. It was all, it was, I love it when a plan comes together. No, here's the thing. I, I needed to send a message to my team that that was not okay. You don't show up late to practice and definitely not hungover. And it was obvious, if you know what I'm trying to say. Look, yeah. they made a mistake, they paid for it. The team got the same message. They didn't need their seeds stripped from that, right? Now, I've also seen, you know, look, standards, if you get arrested, you're losing your seat <laughs> at, any, at any level, right? Uh, if, if you put another player in danger, right, 
you know, you might be losing your C, right? Again, it depends on the situation and the standard. But I also just wanted to impress. There are other ways to punish a captain while also making sure that the team understands that, uh, you know, the standard's been bent here and that's not okay, right? Uh, But again, this is up for each individual coach, each individual team. I actually like what Mike said. You know, again, I think there are obvious standards that need to be set, but I also think there can be gray room. You know, again, that... The captains that got drunk, that was a little bit of gray room for me, right? They're over 21. I'm not their mom or their dad that, you know, they have a right to drink if they want to drink. They made a mistake, right? They paid for it. And we moved on as a team. It was squashed right there. It was squashed right there. So, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, and I, I tend to, I tend to, you know, going on the, on the side of like, how do you pick these kids? Right. And how do you find right. those, those, those qualities? Like you'll even, like, I know at the beginning of a lot of years, I'll try, I'll, I'll test the kids just by doing things that, you know, that are maybe a little extreme, like, you know, okay, after every practice for a whole week, I pick those two kids and like, okay, guys, you got the pucks again. All right. You guys, right. Got the pucks again. you guys got the pucks again. And then you see, you know, you're like, okay, well, they're not breaking. And they're just saying, Hey, I'm picking up pucks. And this is right. You know, part of what I do. And then you'll start seeing what I love is all of a sudden you might see a freshman go, all right, this is kind of, I better, I better go help him pick up. Right. Pucks. Right. And then all of a sudden they're helping pick up pucks. And then maybe the two juniors stay and, and they go, well, why are those guys always picking right. up the pucks? And all of a sudden they start going and now the whole team's picking up pucks at the end of practice. That's a very, I know it seems like a very trivial thing, but over the course of it's huge, it's, it's a huge. chance of trying, you know, the time of trying to say, listen, I don't think these guys are above you. And matter of fact, you shouldn't think that you're above them. And, you know, and I think that you can start building the ability to be a good captain by what you do as a coach as well. Well, and this is another great transition point. We wanted to end the show on a good note. So the final topic is uh, qualities of great captain, which Mike, you just segued us in perfectly, you know, um, and I want us all to speak about this because there are so many qualities of a great captain. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer of servant leadership in the sense of when I'm in a leadership role, I really serve the people that I'm leading, not the other way around. They don't serve me. Right. So as Mike just said, you know, you might make the captains pick up the pucks because they're serving the team and now the team sees it. Right. Or another thing is maybe, you, you know, going the other way, maybe the freshmen and the sophomores or the younger players have to pick up the pucks and do the water bottles. But as a captain, I need to show them how to do that. So I'm going to do it with them for a bit so they can see that I look, I had to do this when I was a freshman, too. Let me show you how to do it right. So we uh, all don't get uh, colds or flus or something worse. Let's not mention the C O V I D word again. But, you know, that's the point. It's servant leadership. You know, Christy, I wanted to, to, to swing to you here because uh, you're a leader in your community. All right. For those of you who don't know, you know, Christy is an anchor in Syracuse. She has been for several years, right? Um, you're a leader in your community. So this is something that you're called upon every single day. And I want to draw on your experience here because this, the captaincy leadership, it's not limited to hockey, it's not limited to sports, right? Christy's someone who is literally invited into the living rooms of everybody in the greater Syracuse area every single day to report and bring them the news. So Christy, talk to us a little bit about what you think the great qualities are of a leader and maybe some of the qualities that you've had to to use yourself in your community. Well, there's definitely three C's to it and we'll go over that. So let's talk about consistency. I mean, you have to every day live by those same standards. You have to be consistent, have moral character, uh, positivity, um, also just uh, kind of a, a passion. You've got to, you, you got to bring it every day. Right. You got to bring it. You can't be up and down, uh, especially down. That's not going to do anyone any good. You also have to be a little courageous because you're going to take criticism. I love that. And you got to be up for that challenge. 
And sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't going to be the most popular, but it's the right decision all the time. And the third C is caring. That is so important to care about each other, to take the time to listen, whether it's a colleague or a teammate, especially in high school. Kids are going through so many emotional ups and downs. Let's say that again. Just yeah. to be able to take the time out to say, hey, you know what? I care about you. I love my daughter's senior year. There was a, a freshman who hadn't scored at all the season. And the last game of the season, the captains and Sophia was one of them said, hey, you know what? She's going to, we're going to make sure she scores. Just get right. the puck to her and make sure she scores because we we're going to end our senior year. They didn't care about them scoring. They wanted you know, the freshman girl who hadn't scored at all to score. And that was such a, I mean, everyone just like broke out in tears because they really cared about her and they just right. wanted to do something to uplift, you know, a teammate and just kind of ended on a, on a great note. And that, I mean, you have so many opportunities as a captain to lead and to direct uh, your fellow teammates into, uh, into some really memorable moments that you'll treasure for the rest of your life. I love that you bring up the word opportunity as a leader, right? Because there is so much opportunity in being a leader, you know, and, and again, you've embodied that uh, for a long time in Syracuse, you know, uh, and that's one of the things I love about working with you is that, you know, you really have a grip on being a leader. If, if there were team captains in journalism <laughs> in Syracuse, New York, you are the captain, you know, oh, thank you. that's how I look at it. An award-winning captain, by the way, uh, you know, Mike switching to you, uh, you know, you and I in, in, in the game, we we've, We've seen a lot of captains. We've played for a lot of captains. You know, what, what are the qualities of a great captain for you? Yeah, I mean, Christy nails, you know, those three C's of having, the, you know, and then you know, knowing that when you, when you are a captain, if you want to be embraced as a leader, you know, you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices for a lot of things that maybe, you know, a lot of, especially high school kids, right? But a lot of players aren't doing. Maybe you're, maybe you're the player that needs to come a little early. Maybe you're the player, like, like I said earlier about going to team meetings, like, oh, geez, I got to go see the coach again for breakfast every Tuesday morning. That's a sacrifice, right? You're, you're asking uh, to give, you know, be a little selfless and sacrifice for the greater good of the team. And, and, you know, being the captain or being a leader, you know, you're going to have to do those, do those things. I mean, I, I, I use the example and I probably overused it with the coaches that I work with. Um, we have uh, Marty St. Louis in the organization that I'm in. And we don't coach together, but he's, he's one of the coaches that's on the ice before me. And every practice, <laughs> the key lets the kids off the ice and all, and, and again, I'm not, not that I want to call out the other younger coaches, but they, you know, the Zamboni doors open up and they get off the ice and they go, they go up to the locker room and he's out there on his knees, one by one, picking up pucks, putting them in the bucket. And I'm looking out, like I literally, I'm looking at my players saying, do, do you understand who this person is? <laughs> He's out there, you know, picking up the pucks to, you know, so that the, and then moving the nets and not saying, Hey, somebody else needs to do that. And that's not my job. Uh, but he's a leader within the organization. You can right. clearly see he was a captain. Right. But, you know, going to your point about where, where, you know, how does captaincy result in real life? He, he, nobody's naming him. Oh, you're the captain of the coaching staff. Right. He's a leader no matter what. And I think that's the kind of stuff I look for in all my kids uh, that, that end up in those, in those situations. 
that they're going to do things that, that other kids aren't going to do. They're going to do things on their own that other, that coaches don't have to ask them to do. And they're going to, you know, sacrifice a lot of opportunity that maybe a lot of kids take for granted. You know, the first ones out of the locker room, they're gone, right? They're going, they're going to, they're going to fill the voids in, in those areas and make sure, Oh, maybe I got to sit around and help clean the locker room up. Maybe I'm going to be the guy who uh, collects all the tip money uh, for the manager at the end of the year. You know, I, you know, those are the kind of things that captains and leaders do uh, that, that aren't in the captain book, you right. know, yeah. the book stuff, captain, right. So a lot of those things, but I think Christy really nails it though. You know, the yeah, thing that, look for, you know, the kids that can elevate the other kids on the team. That's really important. I mean, right. that's a special captain. You know, I, I'll tell you that the, the common bind between all three of us here is the ability for a captain to embody the standard right? And embodying the standards that you've set for your team or your organization is so important. Like, and that, that's why we said it before, whether it's good grades at the youth level, right? The, the work ethic, the skill, the time, the extra things you do to put yourself out there, you know, you embody the standard. I am I, with your permission, friends, I'm going to end this, end this episode on a story as I like to tell stories. Um, I'm going to tell you about, yeah, it's story time. I'm going to tell you about one of the, the best captains I ever had. Um, this captain was so good that he taught me. He made me a better coach, right? That, that's what I loved about him, all right? Uh, it th- takes place over in the United Kingdom, uh, in Peterborough, United Kingdom, all right? And uh, the team that I was coaching on, I was an assistant coach, uh, was the second worst team in the league when the coaching staff that I was part of took over. And the captain of the team was born and raised in this city, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's born and raised in Peterborough. And he had been the captain of the team uh, for several years when we took over, um, he's a mild mannered young man. I'll never forget this. Cause I'm, I'm a very, um, you know, I, I get a lot of energy, right. You know, um, very mild mannered, good human being. He's a school teacher when he's not playing hockey. I'm just trying to paint the picture here. And I remember meeting with him and I could tell that he had never been enabled to have the sea. He was just kind of the hometown hero and they gave it to him, but he was a good captain. And I remember talking with him and, and, explain to him like, this is how I want this to run. And this, he, he was so shocked that the coach had taken any interest <laughs> in him. Right now, this is the cool story about his name was James Ferrara still is by the way, still alive, obviously um, his two brothers, uh, Robbie and Luke Ferrara were on the team that year. So it's a very unique situation where you have three brothers on the same pro team. Right. Uh, and again, you never know how long that's going to last. In fact, the following year, his younger brother, Luke went up to the higher level of pro, you know, so they never played together again. We had such a great time establishing him. He was such a good communicator to the team. He was able to take in any situation, no matter what the emotional level, and really break it down calmly and report it back to us. And so good about this is the heartbeat of the locker room to explain that. This is why I don't think we should do this, right? I mean, he could have been a coach. This is how, how great he was. Long story short, this is how that season ended. This is, this is Jimmy right here, all right? Um, that's us winning the uh, EPL playoff championship, right? Uh, this is the most genuine face <laughs> I've ever seen him make, right? You can tell how much this meant to him, all right? I wrote in that book, when that he is the consummate captain. He is the standard for me as a coach of what a great captain should be. And what he taught me was that you don't need to be the loudest voice in the rule. He, he didn't even talk that much, to be honest with you. He always led by example. And he, when he spoke, though, everyone listened, right? You don't have to be that. He was not the most talented player on the team. 
He was not the loudest player on the team. Wasn't the fastest. Wasn't the youngest. Wasn't the oldest. He just was that perfect mixture of all of those things. And everyone looked up to him, including his brothers, right? His brothers obviously both became leaders as well, right? Eventually. So it just goes to show you, it doesn't have to be what you think. We have this kind of like, oh, the captain is this glorified superhero, right? And don't get me wrong. They can become that. But find that person that sets the standard, that embodies the standard. He embodied everything we were trying to accomplish. And this is the funny thing about it. He had been there. He had been there the whole time and no one had enabled him to be the leader he could be. There's a lot of reasons why we won a championship that season. He is one of the major reasons, right? I'll have to send him this episode so you can hear me say that. I think he knows that. But again, I'm going to close out here unless either of you have anything else that you want to say. Again, I, one I more thing. Back. Please, Christy Cashiana Burns, you're on. I'm going to end it by saying that a real star or captain makes everybody shine. That's a great statement. Mike, you got anything? You're just not. <laughs> I love it. Try and one up that, Mike. Well, I'm done. Come Christy on. just made a shine. Come on, bring it. Christy it. just made a shine. That's what I got to say. All right. This was a great episode. I had a lot of fun talking about this with my friends, Christy Cashiano Burns and Mike Benelli. This is Our Kids Play Hockey. Check us out on ourkidsplayhockey.com. Find us wherever podcasts are listening to. You're listening to them. You can't miss us. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, ourkidsplayhockey.com, or find us at We Live. Dot hockey again once again for christy cashiano burns for mike Benelli. i'm lee elias thank you so much for watching this edition of our kids play hockey and we'll see you on the next episode have a great night everybody 